You're listening to the AFL Unlimited podcast, where we tackle all the hot topics in the AFL and bring you up to speed with everything you need to know in the football landscape. We'll take a look at this weekend's games and have some mixed discussion about what to expect. Let's head up to the box for the opening bounce. Welcome to AFL Unlimited, where we're basking in the sunlight of a golden victory. The Suns completing a miraculous comeback against the Tigers. We'll also touch on Geelong beating the Dees and getting us thinking about the best team in it. And the Pies have also won seven straight after edging out a much better North outfit. Tiz, welcome. Hello. Chook. Hey, it's good to be here. Hey, fellas. How you going? Yeah, wonderful, mate. What an absolute great week of football. There were some ripper games. Chook, get us stuck straight into it, mate, with that Gold Coast and Richmond game. Wasn't that an absolute crack in a game? Or... Well, to be honest, it did look like it was going to be a Richmond pile-on, um, and I was pretty disappointed in the Suns at first. But um, just a miraculous, and I'll get to the comeback shortly, but for the, for the Tigers, things aren't looking too red-hot. In the first quarter, obviously, Tom Lynch, bit of a bit hamstrung. I'm not sure if it's like an actual full-on proper injury, but he's probably going to maybe... You'd, you'd hope they rest him for a couple of weeks if they're trying to fight for finals. It's the same one he had earlier in the year, so... Yeah, they, well, issue, yeah so. if they want to have a crack in finals, which every team does, then they probably need to rest him for a couple of weeks because Rewalt held his own up forward. Like, he kicked about three goals, I think. I don't think they can rely on him every week, week in, week out, but... Um, I, I it's think tough because the pressure will probably be on for them to actually play him because they're in the thick of it to actually make finals. So it'll, it'll be an awkward little mm-hmm. quandary they'll and have. Not, and Rewalt's not even signed yet to play next year, so it'll be extra <laughs> extra awkward asterisks. Well, it's probably because they've got, like, gun- did you see how many goals Chol kicked? Richmond would oh. love that one there. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. They, they traded him out of there. <laughs> but he was really good as well, yeah. Chol. And I think we've said it many times, both him and Kaz Bolt have, have been really... Um, impactful for the Suns, but Chol managed to kick three goals. Um, three Chols. <laughs> three Chols. It looks fantastic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on the on the injury front again, Nank. I think he's escaped a PCL is what they're trying to report. So that very crucial. Just driving in here. <laughs> it's very uh, crucial to them. Happen. Chance, unlikely. <laughs> um, but yeah, he didn't really have much impact in that game. I think Wits basically yeah, dominated the hell out of him. Um, I think which is still underrated Ruckman yeah. I'd say arguably up there as number one this year potentially yeah, this as year. the Ruck um, other what guys have performed really great Bolton doesn't he look good when they actually get him in the guts rather than off a half forward or on a wing he racks up the pill still kicks goals or 50-50 goals to behind as usual 3-3 <laughs> but he's just so talented I think any club would take him in a heartbeat in their midfield um, Rioli Still looking good after being, you know, reborn as, a, as a defender. Yeah, yeah, not Daniel Morris. really, not Morris. I, Morris maybe one day will be good, but <laughs> Sorry, uh, Daniel looking great when they, when they make Morris a halfback. He can look good as well. No, yeah. Daniel's really good, and a lot of people saying potentially up there in all Australian contenders. I personally reckon he can make the squad. Um, whether mm. he makes the actual side or not, we'll see. Any thoughts on that, guys? Or have you, have you seen his years that good? Or? Oh, improved. Bit of... Late season bias potential. I don't know if he's close is, to all Australian. Is it just because he's a shining light for a Richmond side that's been yeah, I, and I think he's sort of come out of nowhere as well, changing position. It's a little sexy to talk about, but I don't think he's actually in the top five halfback flankers in the game. There's a lot of talented halfbackers at the moment, sure and uh, he's definitely probably had you know, three or four really good games, um, sort of strung together, but. There's a lot of players that can uh, defend very well and also rack up the pill nicely. Were you saying he doesn't defend? Um, 
I'll just, I'll just work here, mate. You know? <laughs> it certainly was a big reason as to why the Tigers got out to such such a margin. And honestly, I, I turned this game off. I thought at the start of the fourth quarter, mm. my Gold Coast Suns were, uh, they looked like they were going to get buried, Chook. And they completed the, as you said, miraculous comeback. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And to be honest, I feel like both teams kind of cost themselves almost. Obviously, the Suns won it in the end, but they were both pretty poor, fumbly. When I when I rewatched, I actually rewatched that that last quarter because mm-hmm. it was yeah. so exciting. I just saw lots of turnovers, long kicks to the opposition, who then did a long kick to the opposition, and a lot of back and forth sort of fumbly play. Um, obviously, the core moments people would be thinking of um, would be Castagna's oh. <laughs> smothered shot at goal. Mm. I know people can say hate on Castagna all you want, but that was absolute ripping from Ballard, yeah. jumping up and yeah. just getting his fingers to that. That was. Up there with the librarian sort of stuff yeah. there from Heath Shaw. Um, Underrated player. Really good. Yeah, like that was extremely impressive. Um, another miss for the Suns, actually, was Ainsworth. Had a pretty convenient set shot, which he butchered to the side um, after he'd already kicked two goals. So I, I thought he was probably going to nail mm-hmm. that one, but missed that as well. Uh, but then, yeah, it just seemed to be a bit of fumbly footy, the ball landing in hands, Marbio Chol shot goal, yeah, that, where he that. was just fumbly trying to pick up the ball, eventually just stuck the but boot that, out. And that came from, from Richmond's... The, we all know the Carmichael Hunt game where Richmond, Paul Roos said he had, they had the worst four minutes of football you'll ever see, and they almost did it again. They, mm. There were so many moments where... Richmond players just tried to win the game and be the hero. And, you know, Rewalt flying over the pack and Dylan Grimes going for a mark, dropping a mark. Um, Shea Bolton, you know, sent it up a ball to Morris Rioli, but he missed the goal. But he, he also, Bolton tried to kick a goal when he could have passed it off as well. There was just lots of those moments where they just tried to, you know, kill the game. And instead of bringing their team into it and killing the game, they tried to do it themselves and it didn't pay off for them. A bit of Hollywood. You were, you were mentioning uh, oh. off-air. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, well... We'll keep that one there, but um, no, they, they uh, definitely made a meal on some of their opportunities, and um, yeah, obviously that one with Castagna is pretty. Like, you just handball over the yeah, top of the like, friendly goal square, yeah. and, and that's that's all over. But just an incredible um, fight back, and just almost everything had to go 100% perfect, and it did. But it was just a great moment in the end, wasn't it? Oh. When he took that mark. Oh wait, no, I couldn't see him take the mark because <laughs> oh. Fox Footy flipped to the coach's box. As he was taking oh, the mark, no. that's fine. I, I didn't want to watch what was going to be probably the best moment of his career, but that's the best moment of Gokosan's history, I think. Uh, best win of their history for They're sure. Like, oh, he's taking the mark in the pocket. He won't play on or anything. He'll just have a. He's going to have a banana shot after the siren. Of course, he was going to hit someone up, and as he goes to kick it, they cut. Yeah. Oh, I just couldn't handle Straight it, but. Dim-dum. But that was per- I was didn't think Anson was going to actually kick it. To be he, honest, he's your man, Shorty. Take us through the the final moments of that game and that kick. Oh, he was ice cold, wasn't he, mate? Look, honestly, I probably didn't. Uh, not that I watched it live, but I love the way he goes about it. Finds the ball real inside mid. I, I wouldn't have exactly known all too much about his set shot routine. Pretty tough kick, you know. But I think those moments often come down to just the mental ability. You know, you take the moment. And, isn't it interesting? Like, he just slotted it. It looked great off the boot. And I reckon more often than not, the players who kick after the siren often do kick them. Yeah, like, you yeah. think, what an insanely pressure yeah. moment. Like, I'd crumble, you know, like, if he's be, be so intense. But definitely recently. I can't remember when it's missed. It seems to be 
more often than not, like not, you know, it's never like you Patrick Dangerfield or, you know, Dustin Martin, that sort of thing. Obviously, Gorn kicked one last year as an absolute superstar, but it's it's almost just like the, the B-grade sort of player that ends up Jack kicking Hughes. those goals. Jordan Dawson was probably a B-grade. Mm-hmm. Now, he's from that moment, mm-hmm. elevated himself to B-grade. But you're right, there has been a lot recently. There's been two this year already, Dawson and Answorth, uh, Anderson, sorry, and there's been a couple last year as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Gary, Gary Ryan, Ryan. Gary Rowan, yep, yeah. yep. It was a long, like, yeah. ten last year. Yeah, crazy stuff. I love a shot after the Sun yeah, victory. Great. It's just, yeah, it just yeah. goes to show, gets that, defense goal. That video with the young Suns yes, fan was pretty cool too. So, yeah. really cool. But ultimately, it was a great battle. Really imp- good for the Suns as they are fighting to get into the eight. Poor for the Richmond. You can probably rule out chances of top four and. They would be having to hope for the best that they can stick into the eight because there's four teams just below them chomping at the bit to get that spot. So, um, yeah, overall, great by the Suns. I'll be following them as they rise to to finish 8th or 7th. And then, um, yeah, grand finals from there. Go Suns. We'll speak about it in further detail, but in in two weeks there's a Q clash. So just absolutely pivotal for the Gold Coast. And, And I think they'll be buoyed by the confidence of a goal after the siren win. Might just get them on a bit of a, a rampage. Yeah, I mean, massive game, wasn't rampage? it? Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty big. It was big. I mean, and just for the Tigers, you know, they've been all conquering for so long, but just they've given up a thirty-six point lead to Swans, seventeen to Geelong, which came off of you know forty-five point yeah. swing or whatever it was, and now this one. So, you know, they're still such a great team and amazing system, but they are dropping some really costly games. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Too many lapses for the Tigers, which has cost them probably cost them top four in all reality. They, they still could make it if everything goes right and mm. a few results go their way. But yeah, I mean the Suns definitely. It's such a an amazing win for them. Forty points down in the third term, you you put your glasses down and go, well, well done, Richmond. But mm. they or you turn the TV off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or you don't see one of the greatest ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's that's how it goes sometimes. But yeah, no, de- very disappointing for the Tigers on that front. Um, yeah, the Suns just such character and just the, so unlikely in the last five minutes on a tough night for footy. 17 points down, like so much had to go right and mm. so much had to go wrong for the Tigers. And just like the, the stars aligned perfectly, you saw Grimes drop a mark that he just never normally dropped on a dewy night. Um, and then, Still yeah, Castagna, you know, with that that bit of play and just the desperation, like, yeah, that, that will do them absolute wonders for their confidence. Can the Gold Coast make finals from here? They can. Don't know if they will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean their system's really good they play very tough footy they can contest a ball and they got it one late with the stoppages and that just winning those key contests so they've got the ability to do that they're very tough to beat at home nearly impossible to beat at home uh, of late so yeah I mean they've got the aptitude to make it I, I just don't know what other teams are going to do near that, um, that top 8 yeah. sort of spot yeah I have a making it. They, I give them definitely three out of five wins coming up, 100%. The tricky ones, obviously, the Cats and someone else that's hard to beat. Brisbane. Brisbane. How many wins yeah. they got at the moment, the Suns? I think they're on 10 Suns now. total at the moment. Or nine? Or eight? Uh, no, I think they're on whatever, eight. 16. Uh, <laughs> I think they've split. They're eight and eight now with the dogs. Eight and eight. Oh, they're going to have to win five of their next yeah. six yeah. to guarantee it. At Probably least, 12 in good percentage. Four. They're only one game out of the eight. Yeah. Yeah, you'll need 12 <laughs> wins with good percentage or 13 wins 
irrespective of percentage it's, to make it. It's definitely a, definitely a greater storyline to for just neutral and general footy fans to follow going into the rest of the year. Did so you say they need to win five of the next six uh, for thirteen wins. I'll just say there's only five games left in the season. Well, they're going to have to win the next five. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to um, win five or four in the next five. Tislet, take us through. Sorry, the... You are right. There is six games left. Oh, <laughs> I'll just, like, just, let's just all start punching on. Oh my God. There was, a, there was, on Thursday night, there was another great game, Tiz, that I want you to take us through. Melbourne and Geelong down in Geelong. What a clash it was, fellas. And it was absolutely a pleasure to be there live. Um, don't know about the umpiring, but uh, oh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll get to that a bit later on. But... I mean, yeah, it was super impressive by the cats and all sort of out of the, you know, out of the stoppages really. I mean, plus eighteen in clearances, which is just unheard of against Melbourne. And we we know going back to the prelim last year, bit of PTSD for cats fans there. Um, you know, a hundred plus, yeah, over a hundred points from stoppage. So I think the cats would definitely identify that was a key area. The game was going to be won and lost, and not necessarily based off of turnover. And yeah, just a lot of you know learnings out of it some tactics applied to sort of mitigate melbourne's you know influence around the ground so you know not not allowing gorn to just take marks down the line and, and um, in the back line as well and you know making sure lever and may are accountable and not letting them just do what they want and play the game on their terms so yeah like, i love the pressure from from the cats it was absolutely brilliant i think it's one of the best games we've played in four or five years potentially it was yeah such a such a gutsy win uh honestly think the margin probably flatter than these are probably eight or nine goal margin probably a better reflection of the of the night just based on expected score you, you got no i think the actual expected score based on the shots was 102 to 56 so should have been yep a, a much greater margin. <laughs> a fair a fairly big margin there i don't think d's to lose too many fans there I, I think um yeah again it is home and away season um, thus far, down at the category, which is very tough to win. Um, but, I mean, a lot of the way in we, which we went about it was winning it out of the stoppage, which, irrespective of what dimensions you play on, is still, you know, where the game was ultimately won and lost. Um, the forward half pressure from the Cats was was great. And the Ds, just uh, that forward line cohesion between midfield and forward just looks a bit bit off at the moment with who's their best target and what's, what's you mentioned short that um they were blasting it inside 15 it was quite visible on replay a few times yeah definitely they didn't use it too well at times particularly someone like petrarca i think just butchered the bill but yeah i totally agree with ty say definitely not working as a great forward line unit at the moment and i think yeah gone whether it was geelong you know, really having a good plan to take him on and avoid him, you know, when they could down the line. Or he was a tad rusty, but, yeah, amazing game. And I thought it was as much as the crowd had been pumping down there. There was All we heard all week was, oh, we can only get, you know, 20,000 in there. It should be at the G. We'll stuff that. We were roaring down there. <laughs> and it was interesting that you mentioned that. So Gorn, zero marks. Jackson didn't have a touch in the second half. So the combination of Stanley and, and Blitzhaus has been incredible in the last sort of month or so. Yeah, it's been definitely really impressive and keen to see how they go the the rest of the season because it feels like Reese is is on the edge of injury every week. They seem to say he's pulling up sore. There's you know yeah. <laughs> he's got gaffer tape holding him together. <laughs> um, but no, it was interesting. I think a, a core point. You know, you mentioned May and Lever how to stop them. I think having number two and number three in the Coleman Medal definitely helps you stop mm, a, yeah. a quality defense. And and as it showed because. Cameron and Hawkins and Stangle weren't the guys kicking all the goals mm. in the end because I guess they were manned up by the best and it left 
guys like Rowan and and obviously the midfield as well to, to have a big impact and kick goals. And just Great to um, touch on that too, um, so Petty did a pretty reasonable job on Cameron, who had to was forced to play up the ground. But Close and Myers had to had the role on Lever, making sure that they were not leaving him loose and actually being accountable in the forward line. So if it was kicked there, he couldn't just get the intercept mark. Myers especially, I think that was his actual role for the game to, as you said, it's you know, so important to not them let them you know get that intercept mark and that sort of stuff. And they did such a good role um, on the day. So it was a really good coaching performance and have the players actually uh, be really efficient in those roles, such as Myers close and Blitzarves tagging and going between tagging and ruck. Mm, it's still incredibly great defensive effort from mm. Melbourne to only concede one goal between Cameron Hawke and two. Uh, two overall with Cameron Hawke and Stengel yeah. uh, you'd think going into the game if the Cats get two goals out of those <laughs> yeah. guys you, you probably don't <laughs> you probably don't think you're going that well but I mean that, that's a great credit for Geelong winning another way and not having to have your probably three, three of your best forwards on fire to win and they were able to get um, some real good supply and you know scoring ability from the the midfield. We saw Duncan get involved and Guthrie kicked a couple of rippers. So he's been absolutely exemplary. Tom Atkins, I'm just absolutely loving his uh, impact in the midfield. The uh, nearly got the tentacles this week. Uh, yes. Nine, nine this week. Uh, nine clearances. I think that's a career high for him. And he just has to say there, fellas, he's been <laughs> um, yeah, he's been outstanding Incredible. there. Yep, he's just a great man. <laughs> Yeah, they won't be moving him, and they're just little subtle changes that the Cats are doing. Just, I think Stengel's right in the conversation as recruit of the year, and just not just some positional stuff, but also the way they're moving the ball, ball forward more, and, yes. and that type of footy. So definitely, there's still that little demon on your shoulder that says, "Oh, Geelong in finals, you know, they still got to sort of prove themselves." But it's as confident as I've been in them approaching finals for a long time. But I still think the D's, you know, they've had a pretty average five weeks, but. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to still be right in the mix, you know. That was going to be my next question was, uh, does this change the best team in the competition at all for anyone? If if this happened, if this game happened at the G, then yes, but I think Melbourne's still just on overall what they can present. Um, yes, they are still the best team right now, no. Um, and there's probably a couple of issues with their forward line, as we've mentioned. You know, Tom McDonald being out is a massive loss for them. T-Mac. Yeah. Um, there's still some recurring issues of, you know, Fritch is a great example of just not using teammates. And we spoke about how costly that is for Richmond. Mm. Um, you know, costing the game could cost them finals and mm. it could cost Melbourne. Honestly, it could cost them a top four spot if they don't rectify. I don't think they'll drop out of the four, but they're too good not to, you know, see those, you know, flashing lights and rectify it. Yeah, and I think if the grand final was next week, I think Geelong deserves to be the form team of the competition. But there is that party that sort of has to respect the reigning premier and just, you know, acknowledge, okay, it's a bit of a dip in form, but they know how to get it done. So, yeah, I tend to agree, but, you know, Brisbane have dropped off a touch. You know, Carlton are inconsistent. Freo, great on the weekend, but inconsistent. So it's really interesting. It's still a wide-open race. It's a wide-open race, but, yeah, you would say those... Melbourne and Geelong have just skipped ahead of touch right now. Mm-hmm. While something Geelong has definitely gotten right this year is managing their players and their welfare and making sure that they have fit players throughout the season, mm-hmm. I think there's something Melbourne's not doing well. Mm-hmm. I don't think Petrarca is a fully fit player mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Gorn, they can say Gorn and, and, and every, Jackson were fully fit, but were they really, I don't know, Didn't they didn't look to be having that impact. I think there's probably a few players. I think there's a few players in there that probably are a little underdone, and they need to have a look at 
you know, managing this side better. If they think they're capable of beating any side in the game, then they can afford to rest a few players and, and go into finals the best they can be. Like Geelong has definitely decided to do this year with resting a lot of players and, you know, you, you told them to give Danger, what was it, like six weeks off or something that long mm-hmm. to get him fit and, and look at the impact he's having, having at the Cats now fully fit. Um, yeah, I think Demons are definitely the best side in the competition at their very best, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's about whether they can manage this side and, and actually have that impact and be at the best. Tell you what, Chuck, you'd be a great FBI agent. Just uh, quit, just you know, <laughs> on them accountable, <laughs> <laughs> on them accountable, making sure they're um, you know asking the right questions there. But you know, I'll tell you what, um, I still think yeah, D's best footies very very difficult we haven't seen a lot of it we definitely saw against um, Brisbane a few weeks back um, I don't think Brisbane are that crash hot at the moment um, but yeah I mean he's still got a fair bit of work to do but we know when they get it on their terms uh, that they're very difficult to you know, go up against and I think uh, Paddy and Joel didn't play that much mm. game time they were rested very well on the weekend and then it was the the young guys you know Atkins having a good good crack and Holmes, 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 what a, what a yeah, man yeah. he was. You, you were on it like in the first quarter, Chuck. So at the game, it was really hard to sort of mm. gauge um, how well sort of players are going like stat-wise. But yeah, Holmes like only had 17, but was quite uh, impactful. Every, every, I think yeah. every touch he had was impact. He was down back, like yeah. fisting away balls. That, that were play in the players. middle that ended up with closest goal was yeah, great. Running. And Stanley kicked that ball in boards. So. Important tackles, handballs, hitting people up for goals. Mm. He was everywhere where it mattered and I think in the really crucial moments mm. he, he was the one shining light. That How I was Stengel's little rundown tackle on the uh, half half forward line oh, oh. with a moment of despair? Yeah. No, it was great. Yeah, it was great to see Holmesy. I think that was, it's great to watch a young player and like his first half it was like, oh, this bloke actually believes he belongs now. It was the first mm. time he really looked like, oh yeah, I, I can make it at this level so it was great. Absolutely. He came of age, uh, Maxi Holmes. It was a very, very significant game from him. And Dee's, um, whilst, whilst didn't quite get the chocolates and, you know, expected score could have been a bit more significant. Um, yeah, their ability when they did go forward, they looked dangerous, generally speaking. And, you know, if they get that run run from the contest, I mean, it just comes down to in a, in a final, are you going to be good enough when, uh, when the whips are cracking in the middle in the contest? And, uh, Geelong were able to get the job done uh, on the night. Well, another team that's won seven games in a row. Shorty, you're going to take us through this game. The Pies just beat North by eight points. Well, yeah, that streak nearly came to an end, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> I must admit, I was just on the golf course hitting a few slices into the woods, but uh, I did make it home at about three-quarter time, and it just had that sense about it, didn't it? You know, it, North obviously had really geared this one up. You know, we're not going to get stood over and beaten up and we're going to actually make a bit of a statement here and it was purely effort-based which was great to see but the pies at three-quarter time you just felt like it's coming mm-hmm. it's coming and the crowd like everyone could feel it and it was just so unfortunate in a way I mean obviously not for a Collingwood fan but I felt for North I thought they gave it everything but you could just see it was a team that had no idea how to win or control momentum in that latter stage and it it just looked like a matter of when the Pies were going to run over the top of them. Pretty professional performance by them in a way. You can't always be at your best every week. They weren't. They still found a way to win. So it's going to be crucial when it comes to the top eight side of things. And North have been so disappointing for so many weeks. But I reckon this one hurts the most. 
Yeah, pretty impressive from North, uh, the game that they played in the first half. But as you mentioned, they yeah just didn't didn't know how to win the game in the last quarter. Um, Collingwood is a young team. I don't. I think a few Collingwood fans were sort of you know upset that they could have played a game like this, but they shouldn't be. Honestly, shouldn't be contending for the top four with the team they've got. They're they're overperforming right now, and it's really good to watch. Love McRae. Really love the messaging that he's got out to the club, um, and they're doing well with a bunch of kids that they've got. But um, just want to talk about one player in particular from North, Jaden Stevenson. In the last quarter, had three horrendous efforts. Do you think, guys, that he was dragged from the game because he went out with the injury sub? I guess we'll never quite know, mate. But honestly, I I wouldn't. I couldn't sit here and argue it that he wasn't because they were some disgraceful efforts. You know, just for a bloke that gets questioned physically and his intensity, that's exactly why. So, yeah, that was pretty disappointing couple of tackles. Yeah, yeah. And, and considering, you know, Josh Walker was omitted from that team, Coleman Jones has come in after, I think he kicked three and had 28 in the VFL the week before. They're just like the ins and outs aren't really correlating to what they're trying to do. And when when you're trusting a player to, you know, deliver and you're dropping Josh Walker, who played well on Tom Hawkins last week despite six being kicked on him, mm. you know, where's that, not selection integrity, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's players getting picked and they're not giving you stuff almost. You talk about players that, that you want to deliver. Sorry to, to kind of move no, the topic over no, no. a bit, but Luke Davies' oh. Uniac well, that's, that's the exact is an absolute jet. And if he was in any other side, people would be raving about yeah. how good he is, how he's the future of, of football. He is amazing. I think he's currently above average in for, for midfielders yeah. in disposals, contested possessions, meters gained, and clearances. Like he is a machine. He is carrying this midfield unit, um, and they need to be doing whatever they can to keep him locked down in this. Side. He had he had nine centre bounce clearances. That's nuts. And it's what he's always threatened to be. It was probably only six to eight weeks ago that we were sort of not questioning him, but oh, he's going okay, but when's this guy going to break the game open? And he is now, which that's probably the shining light. There's a couple of others. Mackay should never play forward ever again. You know, that sort of stuff. But, you know, just, I don't know. North, you mentioned Collingwood, great win, you know, obviously being a youngish side, but they do have your side bottoms, your Pendlebury's, your, you know, there's more that I can't think of. There's just enough... Experience yeah. and, and level heads North out doesn't there. North have that. Yeah, exactly. North has yeah. Zebel, but yeah. sorry, Jack, you're no superstar anymore. You managed to keep a couple of goals, but yeah, but neither side bottom. But he's just a he's composed. Yeah. I think his last quarter was great. I think Zebel, you're right. He's not a gun, but he, he's got. What no North Melbourne needs is they need a Ben Cunnington in this midfield unit. Of yeah, course. yeah, and, and there has been talk of a Scott Pendlebury coming to North or a Jack Rewalt or just you know one of those senior players. That that's what they need on the field, similar to what Hodge did at Brisbane or what uh, Jordan Lewis did at Melbourne. You know, setting their senior trust and communication up, and not just having you know their senior players being really Luke McDonald and and Aaron Hall who aren't senior players. They're middle tier players that have been for, thrust into positions of leadership. Penelbury going to the well, that you know, that, 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 they need. That, that, that was an example, you know, just having a senior figure in there that can help them because really they, they can't help themselves. It definitely would, and I mean, without heavily seeing the game, I think they got out to a 28 point lead, yep, which obviously you know, pretty solid. But generally, when sides are on top, they, they tend to not get uh, bang for buck on the scoreboard, and whether it could have been more definitely would have um, helped North Melbourne's uh, chances of winning, but. 
Yeah, they definitely did a lot right. You know, Larky was on fire up four. He ended up kicking five. And it feels like Larky has to kick six or seven for North to yeah. win. Um, most times I think he had to kick seven to, to beat the Eagles um, earlier in the year when they were really, really struggling, which um, that game definitely says a lot about them. But now credit to them for giving great fight. Um, I think Noble summed up pretty well that they... You know, it's a good improvement, but um, yeah, we we want to be you know, winning games of football and not um, not dropping dropping games from there. But the Pies are in the close games have been they've been ice cool. Um, you know, I think after that Geelong loss where they're up by I think thirty seven or 37 points, something like that yeah. late in the third. Um, and then uh, Jeremy Cameron just <laughs> comes in and kicks <laughs> kicks six. So um, yeah, I mean, since that game, I feel like they've been. Yeah, really composing those close right. games. You know, we've seen Gold Coast. It was, it was a very close game. Mm-hmm. They, they found a way over the line, and um, yeah, there's definitely been plenty of other clashes where yeah, it's been super close. But they've been professional to oh, know what to oh, do. Carlton was yeah. a, under a kick as well. This pie side is, is phenomenal. You know, <laughs> you, you touched on it. That you know they keep getting the wins on the board. You can say, oh, they only beat North by you know seven points. So they just escaped with it. Doesn't matter, you know. Pre-season, I didn't think Pies were going to be doing anything. No. They had sh- shifted off a bunch of players. They only had young kids coming in, but they're fighting. They're looking really good. Um, obviously, with the help of getting Dacos, who is you know oh. a superstar off halfback slash in the mid, um, is is great. And his brothers obviously lifted as well, looking really good. Mm. But this is a side that had. Pissed off a bunch of players. So, <laughs> Stevenson, who was good when he was at the Pies. Mm. Um, Grundy going out, season-ending sort of injury. They're, they're doing, performing great. Mason Cox actually... Mason Cox. Mason Cox actually looks like a decent <laughs> yeah. footballer. Yeah. Darcy Cameron kicked three yeah, straight. They actually look good that they could contend. I'm not going to say they're going to go far in finals or anything like that, but... They're gonna, fun, they're gonna, yeah. definitely fight and look really good. Yeah, where do we think they can finish, fellas? What's the, what's the ceiling for the Pies? Is there a ceiling? Depending who they match up on, they could win a final. Like I could, I could see them potentially beating a Richmond, beating a Sydney in in finals, mm. depending what happens. But um, yeah, I don't think they'll get past the second week. But mm, okay, interesting. I I agree. I I still think it's been a fantastic year. And, they're in brilliant momentum at the moment. I would feel like they will tailor off at some stage, a touch. I know they've been flying, but, yeah, I'd be shocked if they won any more than one final. Yeah, I'd see them being able to beat any of the other teams in the bottom half of the eight. Yeah. But the guys above them, I think, are just a, a next calibre, a, a bit too impressive for them. Yeah, yeah well, it's interesting. I, there's, been, there's been talk about Pies getting to a prelim final. Uh, they've got a bit of 07 Pies about them. 07 pies. Yeah, they made, wow. a, made a prelim. They only beat the Cats and, <laughs> and nearly ended, uh, well, yeah. Geelong get Geelong John getting... Corey out of like crow sleep. He wakes <laughs> up and just like puts his gloves on for a smother. What, a, what an amazing time that was. <laughs> well, we'll go through the uh, rest of the round's games. Obviously, we've touched on a few there. The Swans smashed the Dogs. Um, a massive first quarter from them um, by 53 points. The that Dogs are... Pathetic. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Uh, well, it's a, did it's someone a, tip the Dogs? It's a, it's a <laughs> do-or-die game for the Dogs and the Saints, which we'll uh, speak about in our tipping episode. Um Fremantle beat St Kilda by 41 points in a really solid display. Fremantle, the only interstate team to win 
for interstate games this year. They only rock up after half-time, by the way. Well, they <laughs> they the are done, incredible. So. Their third term would be interesting to see. Um, Port Adelaide beat GWS by 55 points. Uh, GWS's third lowest score ever, 29. Rosie looking magnificent, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably a game that we could have talked about, but we've spoken about Brisbane lately. Uh, if, we, if we reckon the dogs were poor, Brisbane certainly were as well. Essendon beating them by 10 points at the Gabba, the first loss uh, since the semi-final of last year for the Lions. So not good for them. They've got some issues. Peter Haw- White looks like Wayne Carey against him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hawthorne beat Adelaide, Adelaide, <laughs> Adelaide by uh, 32 points uh, at Marvel Stadium and Carlton got the job done in the West over the Eagles by 63 points. So... Um, yeah. The only real, you know, major bit of news floating around uh, in that Giants game, Phil Davis has done his hamstring tendon, so will miss the rest of the season. Likely his career done, fellas, are we thinking? Or? Yeah, well, I feel like he's been gone for a long time. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> real sympathy there from this. <laughs> uh, I, I felt like last year he had a significant time off as well. And, um, yeah, I definitely had a significant injury at the start of this year as we saw trying to run down um, Richmond player in that game early in the season yeah I, I think he has to retire you know moving forward for the Giants um, to you know get uh, get some youngsters in that back line and I mean he's been out for large portions over the course of his career which is unfortunate hopefully um, all the best with his recovery and uh, yeah, best I mean, in your retirement. He's, he's, he's <laughs> clearly <laughs> not able yeah. to sustain it and get games together. His, his body's yeah. kind of fallen apart a bit, and I think we understand that. You mentioned running down a Richmond player. Speaking of running Richmond players, Hugo Ralph has just earned well, himself the nod for the uh, Rising Star after a pretty damn good effort. So, um, I know, although they lost, he, he still racked up about 20 touches. Um, actually, 85% efficiency as well, which is not bad for, for a young fella. So, good effort to that. Long-haired widow. <laughs> Cross, crossing light to Ralph Smith, by the way. Yeah. Hugo. <laughs> Imagine if we cross life to the rising star. Uh, oh, our status ain't that high, unfortunately. Any last Sorry. comments there, Short? Uh, no, not really, mate. No, it's well summed up, and uh, I think Kuz is right. He's uh, probably been just hanging on for that career for a little while, but I think he might just step into the media quite seamlessly. He's a very lovely operator in the media space. That will bring us to the end of this episode, boys. Thank you for joining me. Um, all the listeners, thank you for, for joining us on the podcast. Um, please feel free to like, comment, subscribe. We want to see some comments. We've got our All-Australian team that we'll be putting out for Round 18. Chook, you'll be helming that one this time, seeing as oh. I got absolutely <laughs> flamed last time. So, So anyone who wants to comment on a player from your team that you think should be All-Australian or obviously our um, image will be up on the Instagram and Facebook on Thursday. So head over to that and leave us your comments. But boys, thank you for joining. No worries. Just a quick one. Uh, yeah, is, is Clayton Oliver in the team this time around? Wait, Riley's you'll, you'll have to uh, wait and see on uh, the Thursday posts on uh, Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, boys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. AFL Unlimited, because footy is limitless.